Floral water is a citrus-based astringent with notes of essential oils, flowers, herbs, and spices. Its recipe dates back to the 1800s when it was properly used here in the U.S. as cologne water for aftershaves, laundry freshening, and soft perfumes. But enslaved Africans would repurpose this cologne for their own spiritual work in secret. Floral water became a staple in the spiritual resistance of hoodoo and santeria practices and rituals. Today, floral water has over 22 uses with spiritual and practical purposes. In the morning after I had a hot shower, I wash my face and I'll take a cotton ball, dip it in the floral water and just dot it all over my face to deep clean and tighten my pores. And spiritually, I pour some floral water on my altar. Hashtag ancestors love floral water, period. You can spray floral water around you for some negative energy distancing, okay? Each batch of floral water has been brewed for at least three months before bottling, infused with herbs such as cloves, hyssop, valerian root, lavender, chamomile, rose petals, all with the intention of holding high vibrational concentration. You can learn more and shop the seasonal blends of floral water today on my website, www.theflowup.com. Now, let's get on with the show. What up, folks? Hey, y'all. It's another episode of The Flow Up. What's good? I am so happy that you are here. If this is your first time, welcome to The Flow Up. My name is Jarrell Simpson. I am a yoga and Reiki practitioner. I read tarot. I'm a wife, mom of three, and host and producer of The Flow Up. We have explorative conversations around self and community healing practices. It's a vibe and I'm excited that you are drawn to this episode today. And if you're an OG listener, I see you. I see your loyalty. Okay. I see your loyalty and I appreciate it, you know, on God. <laughs> now, let me stop. I don't know why. It's Friday. I'm recording. It's Friday. What's today's date? Today is February 11th. This episode is going to be released on 1230 on the 14th on V-Day. Happy V-Day. Oh my goodness. I should have started out with that. Happy Valentine's Day. I am going to be releasing episodes every Monday. It's going to be dropping in the morning. I'm not going to give you guys a time just yet, but Every Monday morning, I'm dropping a new episode, so um, I'm super, super, super excited about having consistency. That was my theme, consistency and collaboration. That was my theme for 2022 because, you know, two is about co-op. It's about partnership. It's about working in unity with someone in a relationship. You know, it's all about that. So that had to be a part of it, collaborating, and then also just being consistent, showing up when I say I'm going to show up being more on time if you know me in real time you know I am habitually late it's just I have no idea why I have to fight against it every day and that's what we doing and 
with grace I give myself I am committed to Mondays I'm also doing some other stuff on Mondays well I guess now is a good time to talk about it clubhouse I have a flow up community on clubhouse where we meditate every Monday mindful Monday so if you want to get in tune with me live if you want to chat with me if you want to meditate with me if you want to affirm with me if you want to speak abundance over your life with me and other like-minded folks then I want you to join the clubhouse and if you are not on Clubhouse, what are you doing? Don't listen to the hype. Don't listen to people say, oh, it's only such and such type of rooms on Clubhouse and it's just trash and da 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 da. Listen, I'm going to say it like this Clubhouse, the hallways are a reflection of the people that you follow. So if you follow people just because X, Y, and Z, there's no really valid reason just because you know them or just because they requested you and you don't really see any value in their bio or the type of content that they are associated with, then you may not want to follow them because that is what boosts the algorithm, quote unquote, is really the people that you follow. So you can kind of curate some really useful rooms on your hallways and I'm not uh, I'm not gonna make this a big clubhouse thing because they're not paying me so <laughs> let me get off of there uh <laughs> let me pull back a little bit but just saying that to say I'm kind of rocking with it right now I'm enjoying it so if you want to talk with me live I'm over at clubhouse join the flow up even if you don't have the app get on it download it see see the different type of rooms and the different type of vibes that's on there and uh connect with me first okay <laughs> and then have some fun but not just playing um but anyway if you are not subscribed to my email list i invite you to head over to theflowup.com and sign up for my personal email tribe i'm really going to be more active in the inboxes not flooding you i would never would send more than one email per week but I want to start showing up in the inbox and giving a little bit of more motivation for Mondays and inspiration and sharing some of my gratitude practices and other things that I have going on with the podcast and different community spaces, both in person and online. So um, join the flow up and I have a special treat for you if you do. There is a a special MP3 download that you would get once you sign up. It's a self-compassion, high-quality meditation download that goes straight to your inbox when you sign up for my personal email list. So head over to theflowup.com and get on and get subscribed and get in the know of all the things that I have coming up. Also, if you are listening to this episode on your iPhone, would you do me a favor? Head over to the Apple app and leave me a five-star review. If you like what you're listening to, let me know by showing me some love over in the reviews at The Flow Up. It really does help other people get an idea of what the show is about and whether or not they should press play. I really appreciate it. I actually got an amazing review over from the white label American podcast uh, this past December that I want to share with you. They titled it Touched My Soul! Exclamation point. Let me tell you, as soon as I saw that title, it touched my soul. I felt that. I was like, oh my goodness, like somebody is out there really feeling me, really feeling the love that I'm putting out. So I am really connected with that. Thank you so much. But getting into the review, it says, I am so glad that I listened to the 
flow up on a day that I really needed to feel transformed. Yes. Okay. It doesn't say yes, but I just had to say yes. Um, I was down before I began listening and felt so much better at the end of the episode. Jarrell has a great gift and she is using it right on the world. Excellent podcast exclamation point. Man, that felt really good to read. Thank you for seeing me. Thank you for giving yourself the space to have the transformation. It wasn't me. It was you. I hope it inspires someone else to go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I really do appreciate reading them. Mm, Made my day. Okay, let's get into the topic at hand. Episode number 12, three yoga principles to bring more peace into your life. I am really grateful to have this platform to speak about this because I love the yoga principles. I felt like when I was in teacher training and we were spending days and days and days doing the physical postures and working on our sun salutation, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And then we took time to have these conversations about our feelings and processing ourselves. And I was like, oh, can we can we do more of this? Like, can we sit down and talk about our feelings a little bit more um, rather than doing another chaturanga, IJS? Nah, it was it's all good, but I really did enjoy those conversations. We'd have our essential oils and literally just talk about life and how we see ourselves in this crazy world, right? So, um and just get inspired by the teachings of yoga and what it really means. I didn't know anything about the eight limb yoga path. And how there are eight different parts of yoga. It's not just one particular part, which is the asana that we see. And in the media, it is more than just the physical postures. There's actually seven other components. And two of them being the yamas and the niyamas, which are the foundational thought of the eight limb yoga path. So they are the basis of the essence of what yoga is and it's fullness. So the yamas and the yamas are the two limbs at the foundation, the roots, and there are 10 of them. They make up these moral codes and the yamas represent restraints and the niyamas represents observances. So there are five of each and I want to talk about three, two niyamas and one yama. I kind of made myself a peaceful cocktail, but do know that they all are important. And in fact, some of them dance with each other and work together and balance each other out. So even though I'm focusing on the three in this episode, I may mention another yama or niyama because some are just impossible to not mention another without the other. So I do also want to mention that kind of give a a spiritual disclaimer, so to speak, take what resonates, leave what doesn't. If you hear something that makes you want to think about something deeper, good. If it doesn't resonate and it doesn't feel right for you, toss it out. Let it go. Um, This isn't right or wrong. These are just practices and observance to consider. They all bend to your own personal beliefs. Um, And then also, I just want to take a few deep breaths before we get into the conversation because it does get a little deep. And so 
maybe we can just take a moment of pause and connect with our breath, just giving us a sense of grounding before we really dive into uh, these principles. So I just invite you wherever you are to take three deep breaths, taking an inhalation through the nose, and then an exhalation right out the mouth. Again, just like that, inhale through your nose. Open mouth, exhale, let it fall out of your mouth. And the shoulders relax, chin tucks towards the chest. Last one, inhale. And exhale. Beautiful. All right. The first principle that I want to talk about is a niyama, and in Sanskrit, it is called santosha, translating to contentment. Ooh, okay. Um, and contentment is about having peace with where you are in the present moment. There is a Chinese proverb that says people in the West are always getting ready to live. And I find that proverb so true. We always speak of, ooh, once I get this, once I get that, once I get this job, or once I make this amount of money in my business, or once I get this many followers on Instagram, you know, once I get married, once I can afford to travel the world, once, you know, once, 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 then I can be happy, then I'll be at peace, then I'll be able to do the things that I really, really want to do. But what about right now? Where, where is the contentment and where we are right now? How are we enjoying our lives right now? We spend a lot of time focusing on what we do not have and sometimes using that and masking that as motivation. But motivation should not borrow from your current success. So <laughs> here's where I'm going to talk about a yama where we practice ahisma nonviolence. So it can't be self-sacrificing or harming to yourself when you are trying to quote unquote motivate yourself. Motivation should not borrow from your current success. We are currently complete. And contentment is hard because it can be associated with settling. It can give us this feeling of, well, if I have contentment and this isn't necessarily where I want to be, I want to be in a different situation. If I have contentment with my current situation, then I'm going to be stuck. Then I'm settling. And in a sense, you are settling, but not in the negative way of compromising who you are, but in a way of settling into your body, settling into the body and outside of the thinking mind that is getting you in this rat race and having you worry for something that hasn't even happened yet. Getting you out of the thought and getting you back into the body and saying, wow, where I am right now, I am alive. I am here. I am present. This is the greatest gift. I am blessed. That's how we root ourselves. We're, we're rooting ourselves in gratitude. 
and being so mindful of the things that are nurturing and supporting us every day and being able to enjoy all of the life's pleasures that are around us right now. That's what contentment is. It's about gratitude for where you are right now. You know what practicing gratitude keeps us from? It keeps us from being petty. It keeps us from operating in a place of lack. And it keeps us centered in the abundance in our own lives. Okay. You with me? You with me? <laughs> Let me know if you with me. Holla if you hear me. Okay. Hit me on the, I feel like this is Clubhouse. Hit me on the back channel. You know what I'm saying? Hit me on the DMs. Let me know if you feel in this episode. Let's get into number two. Let's get into the second one. Let's come off of contentment for a minute. Let's get into another Niyama, Svahaya, which is translated from Sanskrit to self-study. Okay. I love this one because to thy own self be true, know yourself. These are these principles are I feel like are worldly thought. Like these are these are universal principles that depending on where you're located, how it's translated and how it originated, but it's really all the same thing and I really appreciate the principle of self-study because I always talk about how for the longest time I ignored myself. I would be there for other people. I'd be, I was always, even in high school, I was grammar school. I was the friend that would listen to all your problems, would listen to you talk for hours and hours and hours, would know all your thoughts, all your fears, all know everything about you. And I was a really, really good listener. And I just kind of stayed in that listener position where I would just be a good friend to talk to. But I rarely shared what was going on with me. I rarely spoke on how I felt. I didn't really even take to take the time to think about it. I can't blame other people. Just kind of went through life really reacting and not really going inward and learning about myself through my experiences. And when I started doing more self-study, I started realizing how unique and how beautiful I was. That's when I really began a love story with myself and my self-love journey. When I started studying myself and witnessing myself, sometimes we forget who we are. There's this story in the East that talks about God getting really, really anxious and nervous when he created humans. And he went to the council of elders and said, Hey, listen, like I got to do something. I created these humans. They're, they're going to get smarter and they're going to ask me all these questions and it's just going to be overwhelming. I need somewhere to hide. And the, the elders were like, okay, well, you can hide in the trees. And they're like, oh, no, they'll find me there. They was like, you hide in the center of the earth. And it's like, oh, no, they're smart. They'll, they'll eventually find me there. And then God said, you know what? I got it. I'll hide inside of them. And they won't look for me there. And I was like, whoo, mind blown. Throw in the, <laughs> I surrender all. Like the God in me, the God in me. When I started seeing the God in me, I started really, really um, falling in love with myself. And so self-study reminds us that 
we have these labels put on us, okay? Society puts a label on us. Culture puts a label on us. Where we live, our communities is another label. Our, our sexual identity is a label. Our parental identity is a label. Our careers, our industry, our ancestral lineage. These are all labels that have defined us and we forget the essence of who we are. We, we, we forget about the divinity that is living within us. And when we take a moment to just unpeel those layers and just witness and just, just observe the stardust, just observe the divine within us. Witnessing the divine in us is very important with self-study because it anchors us in self-compassion. When we witness all the labels that we have, all the sticky stuff sitting inside ourselves, all the traumas that we're holding on in our muscles, it can be uncomfortable and emotional. So grounding ourselves with God in us, with the God in us, remembering that we are stardust, that we are one in a million, having a unique experience with this universe unlike any other that keeps us sane and that keeps us nourished to do the work. So self-study can look like journaling. It can look like taking some time to ask yourself prompts while you're meditating, um, setting intentions for yourself and uh, being gentle with yourself as well. This is a practice that goes wonderfully with therapy because that's exactly what therapy is. I'm not a licensed therapist, but that is what therapy is, giving you the tools to witness yourself and that experience of having someone to listen and to observe and being able to mirror some of your thoughts back. That's that's a beautiful, beautiful practice. And I'm so happy to see more and more people prioritizing their mental wellness with therapy. Hey folks, I just wanted to take a quick break from the episode to tell you that the flow up is now on Patreon. I'm really excited about this. This is the first supportive membership platform that I've ever been on asking for your support. And I think you may want to check it out. I've got three different tiers, each named after my favorite crystal, of course, and they all come with a financial contribution that really helps keep the show up and running. Every month there's like licensing and production fees and keeping my show on its hosting platform and it just it really kind of adds up your contributions also help sustain me as a creator to help me stay committed to my creative work i would really appreciate you checking it out go to patreon.com backslash the flow up and check out what i have to offer y'all i'm going to be doing how i record the podcast bloopers deeper dives into some of the interview guests that I have. I'll be doing live streams of tarot, answering tarot questions, and also giving personal tarot readings right there in the live on Patreon. I'm also excited about doing special yoga segments and offering various videos to help bring flow 
back into the mind body and spirit so these will all be on the different tiers go check it out i'm super super excited about it if you aren't able to make a monthly contribution you can go to patreon and make a one-time contribution every little bit really truly does help so that's it that's all support this show now let's get back into the episode last but not least i want to get into the third principle and this one is a yama this one is a restraint and it is pronounced aparigraha which is translated to non-possessiveness this is the one right here. <laughs> this is the one. Oh my goodness. This comes up in my life so much in so many different ways. Um, as a as a parent, well, first let me get into it. Uh non-possessiveness, exactly what it sounds like, non-attachment, non-greed, non-grasping, non-clinging. Okay. Um, it's very easy to become attached to things. And oftentimes, a parigraha is, is compared or described with monks. And monks are able to practice non-attachment by secluding themselves from society and going in nature and having silence and meditation and just immersing themselves in a peaceful environment that contributes to not being attached to any people, places, or things. And I think that that is an incredible discipline. I also think it's an incredible discipline for us to practice non-possessiveness in the world, in society. We're we're living our lives and we're having these relationships. So it's one thing to detach yourself from relationships and completely isolate yourself. But it's another thing to practice non-attachment while you are maintaining healthy relationships, while you are maintaining a job, while you are living your life and being a parent and doing all these different things, practicing non-attachment because as parents, like how are we supposed to practice non-attachment? How am I supposed to practice non-attachment with my child? I'm going to love my child. I'm going to, I'm going to love them to pieces. Right. But when you think about it, it's the practice of non-grasping or clinging, right? Not holding on to not owning something, not squeezing the life out of something. So when you hold on to things too tight, you're actually cutting off the circulation and cutting off the natural flow. So as a parent, I may have to let go in certain instances. Our kids get older and they need us less and less and they have to become independent and they have to make mistakes and learn from them. So I have to practice some non-attachment there with allowing them to fly and be free and to grow. So it's some it's some it's some really thick things uh, with this non-attachment and we have to give ourselves some credit too because it is not easy practicing this. We are attached to so many different things. We experience completeness by being loved and praised and we don't want to let these feelings go. So we try to possess them. 
we get attached to a lot of things. We get attached to people. We also get attached to satisfaction. We can get really attached to satisfaction. We want the same fulfillment from things that gives us satisfaction each and every time. But that expectation goes against nature because things change. Nothing stays the same. And holding on to that expectation is actually setting ourselves up for disappointment. We also need to be mindful of the attachments that we have to certain beliefs about ourselves. The false images of ourselves, it stunts our growth. Just like clutter in the physical restricts your ability to move, mental blocks restricts our ability to expand and make space for attracting our desires. And I know it's easier said than done. It's easy to say, just let it go. Just just never mind. Just release. Um, I know that that's easier said than done. It, it's not easy, um, but it is so freeing once you let it go and once you put it down and once you start packing light and once you start making that space in your mind and in your heart and having that opportunity to just spread out, it is so freeing. Non-attachment does not mean that you don't care either. It's asking you to let go of your grabs, not the enjoyment. So you can still enjoy things for what they are, but you kind of let go of the wanting to completely control and own something. Letting go of ownership allows you to fully be present for what's in front of you in the moment. The more you share and let go, the lighter you are. It's kind of like the feeling you have when you had a successful garage sale. Like it was hard to put that lamp on the table because of the memories that you had attached to it. And, but it's taking up unnecessary space in your house. So even though it was hard to put that coupon or to put that for sale sign on it, once it got out of your space, once it went on to its next leg of the journey, you're able to have this sense of, wow, I'm glad I let go of that. Now I can put this here. Now I can make this move. Now I can just do a cartwheel in my living room if I want, you know, you just have more space. So it's a, it's a freeing energy that comes with letting go, but it doesn't mean that you, you don't care or you're just putting things off there. There is still again, nonviolence and then there's still truth, which is another, uh, Yama, but just really just letting go of the clinginess to it, you know, just like the breath. It, it, it can't be held too long. Otherwise, it can it, that would be harmful to us. There's also a saying uh, by uh, Deborah Adeli that says, a bird cannot hold its perch and fly. Neither can we grasp anything and be free. And I was like, oh, that, that, that is, that, that's so real. So um, let me know what you think about these principles. Did any of these resonate with you? Can you think about 
any of these principles and apply it to your own life. I just briefly brushed over a few examples of what these principles look like, but please know I didn't even touch the surface. There's just so many different breakdowns and components of how this can show up for you. And I would love to know um, if you are reflecting on just that and if there is a special way that these tenants can uh, help bring peace to you let me know if any of this resonated with you i am so happy to uh, have these conversations about yoga i want to talk about more principles that i think will help with confidence and ease and attracting our desires so just stay on tune stay locked in stay subscribed uh, i love when you guys show me support it really does means something to me that's something i'm holding on to i know i shouldn't but i'm definitely holding on to you guys support and your love uh thank you again for tuning in to this episode until next monday well i have a brand spanking new episode for you on the flow up if you can't wait till next Monday, connect with me on Instagram. Follow me at The Flow Up. Also on Twitter at The Flow Up. You can also follow my personal page because we super cool. So at Dreadlock Yogi. And uh, follow me and send me a DM. Let me know what's on your mind. I love to have conversations in the DMs. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm literally just trying to connect. So thank you again for tuning in. Until next week, I will see you guys later. Peace.